So wait, I say, sing it again, sing it again. Wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. say two things <clears throat> just because you've seen a miracle happen doesn't mean you have received the impartation of faith that God intended to give you when he showed you the miracle some people see miracles and don't believe Jesus worked miracles and the Pharisees said he works them by the devil. Miracles are given to and an, an intended to give you an increase of faith. How many have seen a miracle? So when you see a miracle, something happens in your reasoning, your mind begins to say, was that God, was that fish oil, snake oil, whatever it is, was that the person, was that a... a a con artist, all those things happen because we've seen all those things. We've seen the real thing and the fraudulent thing. But I want to tell you tonight that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And if he's healed anyone before, he'll do it again. I was standing in this very place when a young man that I pastored for years stood somewhere right in there and started hopping up and down in the 90-day revival, and he said, I can see. The only problem is he hadn't been able to see since the day he was born. And he started jumping up and down right there and said, Pastor, God just opened my right eye. So people who've come and said to me things like, miracles don't happen anymore. Jesus, I worship you. Thank you, Lord. They've come too late. See, that's what faith is. Faith is the decision you make in your heart and you've decided that, that, that people who say it can't be done have come too late. I've already seen it happen. And if he did it before, he can do it again. So right now in the name of Jesus, I pray over the hearts and minds of our people, God. This is what I feel led to pray. That a spirit of skepticism and cynicism be broken off of us. The skeptical and the cynical. We have seen things that made us skeptical. We have witnessed things that have made us cynical. But I sense the Spirit of the Lord bringing us into a place. Holy Jesus, I give you glory tonight. May everyone in this room receive the impartation of faith that heaven intended to give us tonight. We do not want to be caught in cynicism or skepticism. We want to yet believe that the greatest is still yet to come. I worship you, Lord. Second thing I want to say, I felt like God quickened to me. The Bible says in the book of Jude, verse 20, build yourself up. Listen to it. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen to me very carefully. The Lord said this to me while I was walking across the front. He said, you can pray in tongues and not be praying in your spirit, but you cannot be praying in your spirit and not be praying in tongues. I'm gonna say it again, that's heavy. Like people are like, what is he talking about? How many have ever prayed in tongues before? Okay, if you don't pray in tongues every day, I want you to begin to. 
you do not need a sensation to come on you to, to help you pray in tongues. Praying in the Spirit is as natural as praying in English. Okay? How do I know that? Because the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 13, listen to this. Y'all can sit down. I gotta, I, I'm just flowing in a whatever right here. And, and just stay close. We may stand up in a second. I don't know. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, listen, I will, Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray with understanding. I will sing in the Spirit and I will sing with understanding. An age-old argument in, uh, about praying in tongues. Do, do I wait on the Spirit of God before I pray in tongues? Well, you're never waiting on the Spirit of God. How arrogant of you to think we're waiting on God. He's not, he, we're not waiting on Him. He's waiting on us. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is like, because people say to me all the time, are you saying you can turn the Holy Ghost on and off? Whoever turned him off? Whoever turned him off? If he ever got turned on, why would you turn him off? Are you talking about your intervals of worship services? Because if you mean by turning him off that I wait from Sunday till Sunday to turn him back on, that's not New Testament Christianity. If he, how many has he ever got turned on inside of the Holy Ghost? Lift your hand if he's ever been turned on on the inside. How many have ever felt that rushing river of the fresh presence and power of God? Lift your hand. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's going to happen for you. But when it happens, we don't turn him on and turn him off. He's never turned off. And here's my point. We pray in the Spirit just as quickly as we can pray in English or your native tongue. But praying in I know people who speak in tongues but are not speaking in the Spirit. But I can't find anybody who speaks in the Spirit that doesn't pray in tongues. And I want you to begin to practice praying in the Holy Spirit. Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, according to Jude 20, it does something to your spirit man that you cannot, you don't have to depend on somebody to give you an impartation of strength you carry an impartation of strength. You are an impartation of strength. You walk into the room and strength from heaven exudes out of your spirit because you've been walking in the Holy Ghost. And so, Father, right now, I just, I just ask for this house, Lord. I ask for our people. We've been talking about your precious spirit, Father. Hallelujah. I'm hungry for you, Lord. I'm hungry to walk in the Spirit. I pray our people would pray in the Spirit more in the next three months than they've ever prayed in the Holy Ghost in their life. <sighs> I thank you for the mysteries that are getting ready to be revealed as the people of God pray in the Holy Ghost. Mysteries are getting ready to be unveiled and unhidden to your eyes. The Spirit of wisdom and revelation, that's what the Lord said to me while we were worshiping tonight. Spirit of wisdom and revelation is resting upon you. Some of us have it and don't even know we're in it. Lord, let our eyes come open to it now. Wake us from our slumber. Let us be awoke people as the man of God preached this morning. We open our hearts to you now, God. Come on, just lift your hands right where you're sitting. Holy Spirit, we give you our faculties, our mind, body, soul, spirit, our tongue, our hands. Come on, just surrender everything to them right there. 
God, I want, I want you to quicken us and give us unction to pray in the Holy Ghost like we've never prayed in the Holy Spirit before. Lord, not now I lay me down to sleep prayers, but violent spiritual prayers that affect things in the heavenlies and that and impact things on earth. I declare that you are raising up a body of intercessors out of people who did not think they knew how to pray. You are taking us from glory to glory. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. This is a season of taking. This is a season of unveiling. This is a season, says the Spirit of the Lord, of revelation. For I have watched my people walk with sleep in their eye, and now I call them to rise and shine, for their light has come, and my glory is rising upon you even now. Shall I not do a new thing? Shall I not birth fresh things? Am I not the Spirit of grace that will quicken you and will move you from a posture of defeat into a place of victory and even now says the spirit of grace it is my spirit that is activating you that is stirring you to pray that is awakening within you the intercessor I say now to the intercessor within you I put that spirit of prayer and now I wake it up says the spirit of grace I wake it up I wake it up I I call it to rise and the Lord says as you give me yourself as you entertain me in prayer I will I will make myself aware to you. I will come alive in you. I will prophesy through you. For the spirit of grace is resting upon you now. And I declare that a spirit of of silence is being broken. And the Lord said that the enemy had some of your tongues. But tonight the loosing of God is coming upon you. The loosing of God is coming upon you. And the spirit of the Lord said, call those things that are not as though they were. I will hasten my word to perform it. Pray in the spirit. Pray with understanding. I will do the work, says the Lord. Somebody worship him. Somebody just worship him right now. Father, we thank you all over this house that a spirit of wisdom and revelation, a spirit of prophecy, a spirit of breakthrough, Holy Ghost have your way. Wake the body up. Wake the bride up. Shake us from our slumber, God, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you for it now. And I hear the Spirit of God saying, I'm quickening my people. I am quickening my people. I will make my people as a burning lamp in my hand. I'm quickening your spirit, making you alive, says the Spirit of the Lord. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. The mighty name of Jesus. I give you praise, God. I give you praise, God. This is crazy, but I hear the Lord saying, this house is like Cana. The first miracle I wrought, I turned water into wine in Cana. Two chapters later, I raised a dead nobleman's son up from the dead. Why did the nobleman have faith to believe that Christ Jesus could raise his son from the dead? Because the nobleman would have been invited to the wedding in the second chapter. He saw the water turn into wine in the second chapter. And when it came time for a miracle, he knew who the miracle man was. 
And I hear the Lord saying, what I've done in a past season was to build your faith for the moment you're stepping into. And he said that the darkness you're standing in is not greater than my light. Have I not revealed myself to you before? If I did it before, shall I not reveal myself again? Only cry unto me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things. I just want to take a poll. Has he done anything for you before? Has he ever healed you before? Have you ever seen a miracle before? Then I want to tell you in the moment you're in right now, that miracle from a previous season testifies of what he desires to do for you even now. Somebody who needs him right now, lift your voice all over this room. Lift your voice all over this room. If you need a miracle, lift your hand. If you need God to move supernaturally, lift your hand right now. If somebody near you got their hand up, there's their hands up all over the room. I just want you to reach over, walk over, do whatever you got to do. I want you to believe God right now that it's not just the God who did it yesterday. He didn't just do it in 2014. He's doing it right now. Somebody open up your mouth and begin to pray. Hands lifted if you need a miracle, and if you don't have your hand lifted, let's get up out of our seat and activate faith. I want everybody to go around someone who has their hand lifted and touch and agree. Prophesy the word of the Lord. Miracles are being released right now. Joyce Wolf in the name of Jesus. I declare in agreement with your spirit that God is turning this thing around. God is bringing a wave of breakthrough and healing and blessing tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, press in. Jesus. Jesus. Somebody's not letting go. Somebody's not letting go right now. I feel faith in this room. Somebody has grabbed a hold of a promise and you're not gonna be shaken. There is the breakthrough. Therein is the miracle. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, do it tonight, Holy Spirit. Jesus, 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 stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. That might be as far as we get tonight. Somebody's getting what they came for tonight. 
tonight. We don't just bounce from one thing to another. God wants to complete this moment and he wants to honor your faith because he's heard your prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to worship him as you pray. The Bible said make your petition known with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. We pray and ask and give him thanks all at the same time. Hallelujah. Prayers of faith are not passive. They are persistent. Someone needs to persist. Persist in the spirit right now. Not a token prayer. A prayer of faith that actually believes in this moment someone's health is changing. Someone's future is changing. Someone's family is changing. Not passive prayers. Persistent prayers. In the name of Jesus. Come on. I feel an anointing to pray for your children. I feel an anointing and a promise to pray for children. Somebody lift up your babies right now. Just begin to call their name. Begin to call their name. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Zion, and Judah, and Genesis. I declare the blood of Jesus is over them. The blessing of God is over their lives. In the name of the Lord, I rebuke the hand of the enemy from coming against my children. I plead the blood. I speak the blessings. Rick Smith, I come into agreement with you in the name of Jesus. Somebody get violent with prayer. Somebody get violent with prayer. That's what happens when you pray. You get a Hallelujah. That's what happens when you Call your baby's names out. We thank you for blessing. We thank you for saving. I feel like God is going to somebody's rescue tonight. Rescue our children. Rescue somebody's children. Rescue a child. Rescue one of them that have been, they've been deceived and have wandered away. In fact, God, we don't even care if you walk away from this house for a minute and go get the one. Leave the 90 and 9 and go get the one. Somebody pray it'll happen. I declare it is happening tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost. I just believe by the Spirit is a word of knowledge there. I just, I heard it when I was coming to church tonight. There would be an interception of suicidal thoughts and intents from prayer tonight. And I believe it's right here. I don't know if it's someone's child, a friend, young people, you better be praying for your peers. But right now I just heard the Lord say there's about to be an interception of an assignment of suicide and self-harm and suicidal thoughts. And in fact, Lord, we pray for the one but we also break it off this region right now in the name of Jesus. You can call out your school. You can call out your neighborhood. But there's an assignment of despair, hopelessness, and suicide that's been released against sons and daughters. And right now I want you to cry out like your prayer will break the lie. And your prayer will break the cycle. And your prayer will send angelic intervention right now to where they are. Wrestling with hopelessness and thoughts of ending their future right now in the name of Jesus, we arrest every spirit of death and suicidal thought by the power of the Holy Ghost, and we declare interception and intervention by the Spirit of God. Cry out, cry out in this house, cry out for life, cry out for hope in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you, Spirit of God. 
death, the Lord rebuke you. Spirit of premature death, the Lord rebuke you. Spirit of suicide, the Lord rebuke you. Lying demon of doubt and depression, the Lord rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, how, how, God, we thank you for life. Hallelujah. We thank you for life. Holy Ghost, we praise you tonight, oh God. Hallelujah. I just see in my spirit the Lord is just anointing some of you, especially some of my students, as agents of hope. That's what I heard the Lord say, agents of hope. I remove a muzzle from your mouth right now in the name of Jesus. And I just heard the Lord say one of the strategies of suicide intervention is going to be your words and your mouth. I'm about to break fear off of you and release hope through you. And your words will be an intervention for thoughts of suicide and self-harm. In the name of Jesus, I break fear and silence off of our young people. And I commission and I anoint them to be agents of hope and agents of intervention. I hear the Lord saying the spirit of prophecy and words of wisdom and knowledge will just begin to flow through you. And if you will speak it without fear, you will rescue and you will intervene when you don't even realize what's happening. Father, I pray an activation, an activation over the sons and daughters of this house to be agents of hope, agents of hope. In the name of Jesus, words of life, words of life and intervention right now. Father, I pray that anointing on them remove silence, remove fear, and let compassion drive every word we speak and sensitivity to the leading of the Spirit. Let us pay attention to the God voice inside. Sensitivity to the Spirit. Immediate obedience will unlock this intervention and you will be agents of hope. I declare it in Jesus' name. Suicide must bow. Jesus. Addiction must bow. Anxiety must bow. Spirit of God. Depression must bow. Spirit of God. Suicide must bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus. Suicide must bow. You gotta bow. You gotta bow. Got a bell. Power's broken. Heal their spirit, God. Heal the Suicide must bow right now, right now. Suicide must bow right now. Fear you must bow. And it's happening. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. for your people tonight, God. I pray for our 
sons and daughters here, Lord, and those that are a part of this family of faith that are not here. I pray over every one of our children, God. I'm asking you humbly, Lord. By your spirit, reveal Jesus to them in such a way that even when things this culture and this world present to them that cause their questions and their doubts to rise, I pray you would reveal yourself in such a way that the matter is settled in their heart. That their faith would not be soon shaken. Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus be upon our babies. I want everyone just to lay your hand on your head. Lord, eyes, ears, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, open to the Holy Spirit of heaven. I pray we would not present religion, but that we would see Jesus. I pray they would see Jesus. Feet like brass, eyes like fire, hair like wool, voice like the sound of many waters. Be real to us, Lord. You say, Pastor Kevin, how can I have a revelation of Jesus? You have to be hungry for one. That's you. I just, I know, just lift your hands all over the room. God, spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of Jesus. I hope some young people have their hands in the air right now. I hope some young people have their hands in the air right now. I hope some young people are asking God for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. You need to know him more and more and more. You say, Pastor Kevin, I'm saved. I don't care how long you've been saved. Your hand should be in the air asking him for a deeper revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, in the knowledge of Jesus. We thank you now that the world can't make us doubt what we know to be real. Make yourself so real to them tonight, God. In the name of the Lord, I give you praise, God. I give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to get in. I want you to stay right there. Kevin and I are going to get into the Word. I want to say something over our students. I look over here, but they're really everywhere. I just got a picture. I don't even know how to describe it or what to do with it. My children will tell you I'm totally terrible with social media, but I feel like this agent of hope, this is what I'm going to commission you all to do over the next month, I want you to use whatever platform of influence you have as an agent of hope. And whether it's one post a day, something should come across your platform of influence that if an individual who had lost all hope saw it, it would spark hope in them. And if there is anything being released through your platform of influence that would put a nail in the coffin of someone who is struggling with hope, you need to delete it because your influence has power. 
and the enemy is after your friends. And you can be the agent of hope. You don't have a clue who scrolls and looks and watches. And what one word, one scripture, one testimony can do. One life saved, isn't that enough? And so I just want to release you to do that. Maybe y'all can get together and figure out a, a cool way how. You may be seated. We're going to stay right in this vein. I just wanted to give some instructions as we go into this fast. And then Kevin and I want to end with a real targeted time of prayer. But over the next three days, we start um, our, our first of the month fasting and praying and seeking the Lord. And I'm going to say what I've already said to our students and already preached, but I want to highlight it again because I, I can't get away from the prophetic word of the Lord. It's more than a good sermon. This is a season. And as we go into this fast, I don't always point to the Hebrew calendar, but I cannot get away from it in this season. From April, the beginning of April, somewhere around April 11th through the month of May, we have entered the month of I-Y-A-R, E-R. I'm terrible with my pronunciations. And that might not seem significant to you unless you really research scripture and realize that even back in the book of Genesis, God gave us the moon, the sun, and the stars to tell us signs and seasons. And the Jewish calendar, which is based on the moon, it, it revolves around the feasts, and there's so much hidden revelation to be revealed just behind the schedule that God keeps. And it doesn't save you to know those things, but it sure does bring revelation to a season. You may not realize there's a grace or an open heaven for something. And in this month of ER, it is exactly what we heard preached this morning and what some of you have been feeling in your spirit. And, and Kevin just declared, it is the month of revelation. It is the month of the revealing of hidden truth. And I had preached on Friday night, and when Pastor Chris began to say it today, I looked at my girls because it's just the prophetic word. Isaiah 43, behold, I shall do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. And he says, have you not perceived it? Right. In other words, your ability to perceive it will determine if you receive it. And God is doing something right now that cannot be seen and is not meant to be seen by the natural eye, but has to be peeled back by the veil. The veil of revelation has to be moved. And this whole Lord praying for the Lord to increase our spirit of wisdom and revelation, that's not optional in this season. That's not optional. Jesus never meant for the bride to walk in optional spiritual vision or optional revelation. He rebuked them back in Matthew chapter 16. I read it. And he said to them, you know what? You look at the sky and you know when it's time to fish. You know what the weather's going to be. But you are ignorant of the signs and the times of the kingdom. It wasn't meant just for a prophetic few to understand what's going on. He means for all of us to walk in spiritual vision. And during this fast for the next three days, I want to challenge you to take that time to ask for hidden revelation, a revealing of truth, a peeling back of the veil, and an unveiling of what cannot be seen, the mysteries of heaven. Mm -hmm. And then the month of ER is also the month of new beginnings. It is the eighth month on the Hebrew calendar, and there is a grace for the revealing of new beginnings. Do I have anybody in this room right now who could stand a new beginning? Who've been praying for a new beginning? 
And you need to be aware over the next three days as you fast and seek the Lord right in the middle of this month of grace for new beginnings. You should seek the Lord for the unveiling of the new beginning. Yeah. And I just want to prophesy, I believe over this month, I know a lot of people that are fasting the whole month or they're fasting 40 days all the way from Passover into Pentecost just because of this season of revelation and new beginning. Because I believe what's going to happen is not only will you experience a new beginning in your life, that scripture says, behold, I will do a new thing. It doesn't just mean new, it also means fresh. Not just a new thing, but a fresh thing. Some of you are going to experience that on a personal level. But even greater as you fast and pray, we have to believe God to receive things on a personal level. But as intercessors, we have to move to a corporate breakthrough and a corporate unveiling. And this is what I want to prophesy over the church between now and Pentecost. It will be a new beginning for the bride. We've been through a very trying season from last year, and, and the remnants of it have still kind of like a sticky residue been on the church even now. Who have felt that? Mm -hmm. We thought when the year turned over, everything would start new, and we were wrong. The residue of that season is still here, and that's okay because I believe the Lord sometimes allows a breakdown to, to allow a breakthrough. And as I preached on Friday, when God does a new thing it's not to cohabitate with the old thing. It's to replace it. Wow. Some of us want God to do a new thing on top of an old thing. And I believe the season the church has been through that's been very trying has been a breakdown of the old thing so that there is space and room for a new and fresh come on, come season. On, come on. And there are going to be some new things released in your life and new things in the body. I believe we're going to see God move in a way we've never seen before. I believe we're going to hear sounds of worship we've never heard before, songs we've never experienced before. I believe the Lord is going to raise up voices, John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness we've never seen before. New things that we say, wow, I've never seen that. But I prophesy God is also going to do fresh things. And fresh doesn't mean it's not been seen before. Fresh means it's gotten old and something new needs released. And I believe God's going to bring some new old things back to the church. And we're about to see a fresh move and a fresh outpouring on things that we've talked about but we hadn't seen in a while. Things we've been telling stories about, and it's great because it keeps faith alive. But God wants to not just talk about the old things. He wants to bring a fresh wave of the old oh, things. Oh, yes. So I just declare this word over you as we begin this fast. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Can you perceive it? And this is going to sound crazy, but I believe it was confirmed at the lunch table today. So for the crazy remnant that's here tonight, those that will watch, I just want to invite you into something you do not have to do, but it sure will be fun to do it. I'm not going to make you take your makeup off, ladies, but maybe it's just as crazy because the crutch of natural vision and the crutch of natural hearing have impeded your spiritual vision and your spiritual hearing long enough. Or some of us, we hear in the Spirit and we see in the Spirit, but we let our natural vision and our natural hearing supersede whatever God reveals in the Spirit. And as we were at lunch today, our wonderful friend revealed to us a, a fast the Lord took him on. And I won't say who, but I have a crazy friend that does this all the time. 
And he said the Lord told him when he prayed to remove natural vision for a season because the Lord didn't want him to walk by that anymore. And he began to blindfold himself. Now, some of us can't do that all day long for three days. We have to work and drive and take care of babies. Wisdom. But we can do it for a season. Now, you're going to think I'm crazy, but you've worn a mask for over a year. You can wear a blindfold when you pray for three days. Why don't we just jump off the crazy train and say, Lord, the next three days is about me tuning in to what I see in the spirit. And I'm going to be like Elijah. I'm going to wrap my head in my mantle. And I am tired of walking by what I see in the natural. I'm going to go ahead and put a blindfold on it. And I'm going to pray that when I tune out of the natural vision, something unlocks in my spiritual vision. And I start seeing when I can't see. So I just want to invite you to do that with me. We're going to do it in the Wallace house. And then I want to take it a step further. And I'm going to invite you over the next three days to pray in the Spirit more than you have ever prayed. What Pastor Kevin just said, the revelation God just gave him about praying in the Spirit, that's great revelation, but I believe it's also instruction for the next three days. That if we're going to hear in the Spirit, that we're going to have to pray more in the Spirit. And some of us, when we pray, we are actually praying against what God wants to do because our own thoughts and our own ideas are coming out of our mouth and God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so are His ways higher than our ways. And His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So how can we think that we always know how to pray? So Paul learned to pray in the spirit and pray in understanding. And so I want to open this gateway of permission to you that when you intentionally seek the Lord over the next three days to lose your English to your heavenly language and say, Father, my natural understanding may be unfruitful, but the eyes of my understanding are about to open in the spirit because as I pray in the spirit, I am praying the mysteries of God. And maybe this is too much to reveal about my own prayer time, but let me tell you what happens when I do this. I will go into a, a time frame of praying in the spirit. And before I know it, my tongue turns back into English and I begin to prophesy over myself and pray things that when I went into my prayer closet, I never intended to say. It begins to line up in the natural because I didn't start by praying in the natural and try to clean it up in the spirit. I started by praying in the spirit and my natural tongue lined up with what I already prayed that my understanding did not know, but my eyes of my understanding were opening. Do you hear me? And I'm going to tell you something, for the next three days, if you'll start by praying in the Spirit, and you will pray until you are released to pray in English, your English prayers will be different than what you ever intended so for them true. to be. So true. So we're going to look crazy, RTTN. We're going to pray in tongues blindfolded. And we're going to pray that at the end of these three days, we have broken through like a fish through a ceiling, broken through to a level of wisdom and understanding and revelation that we have not walked in before. 
Wouldn't it be so amazing if by the time you come back to church next Sunday, your spiritual ears are louder than your natural and your spiritual vision is clearer than your natural and you actually turn into one of those crazy people that speaks things that are not as though they are. Not because you're crazy, because you see it, because you hear it and you have learned that the realm you see and hear in that is spiritual is more real than what you've been bound by in the natural. And we're going to become a prophetic people with eyes that see and ears that hear. That's what Jesus prayed. He that has an ear, let him hear. And I just declare that over you right now as a prayer. Father, those that have an ear, let them hear. Grant us permission to tap into the frequency of heaven and let the roar of your realm be louder than the natural realm. Let the roar of the Spirit drown out every voice of doubt and distraction in the natural. Open, open our spiritual ears in this house. Those, Father, who are willing, open their spiritual eyes. Remove the veil of the natural, Father, and let the spirit realm come alive. Let the eyes of our understanding, not just the eyes in the natural, but the eyes of our understanding be opened. Let blind eyes of understanding be opened in the name of Jesus. And Father, as we're in this grace of the year ER, let the gift of revelation crown this house, not just the pulpit and what the leaders say, but even down to their, our children. May they walk in revelation over information. May we walk in revelation that unlocks the keys of what the culture around us needs. May we walk in a revelation that is so real. We wake up in the morning on assignment and we go to bed assignment complete because we walked in revelation and not just natural understanding through our day. If you want to receive that, just raise your hands all over this house. I know this is a very interactive night, but Father, over the next three days, we set our faces toward heaven and we pray this prayer in unity. As we seek your face over the next 72 hours, Father, we shut off natural vision when we can. Father, we cease to speak in our natural understanding when we can. And we ask that the keys of revelation would be given from the youngest to the oldest in this house. Father, I declare a shifting and an unlocking over this body. May we come alive. May our eyes open in alertness. May our ears open in alertness. May we not slumber in the spirit. But I declare a heightened awareness over this house. And may we see and hear by the spirit in the name of Jesus. We receive it. Receive it. This month, ER is like it's the month of the tribe of Issachar. Those whose weapon was not a sword and a spear, their weapon was discerning the times. And I just declare over this house an alignment of our clock with God's clock in Jesus' name.
I declare this will be a house where the anointing of Issachar reigns and we will not get ahead and we will certainly not lag behind but I declare a synchronization with heaven's clock that as we seek the Lord over the next three days our agenda our schedule our plans and our clocks will align with the plans of heaven Yes, in God. Jesus' name, that the remainder of this year, and I, I feel specifically to pray over heaven's agenda for the summer. Jesus. Heaven's agenda for the summer. Let there be an alignment in our house over the next three days. And the, the anointing of the tribe of Issachar, Lord, thank you for the spiritual weapons we've received. Now give us the gift of understanding timing, of understanding seasons. Yes. And let us move in synchronization with you. If you can receive that, say amen. Amen. So I declare the grace for a new beginning over every person who needs to receive it. And I felt so strongly, I began to weep during the first song that someone here tonight is desperate for a new beginning. You feel like you have made a mess of where you are. And you have toiled and labored in your heart on how to clean up the mess. And the Lord says he just wants to start over My again. God. My God. He's not here to put a Band-Aid on your broken mess. He's here to breathe his Ruach life upon your life and his original design and give you a new beginning. You will not wear garments of a former season that have been sewn together with heaven's patches. God has a new garment for you to wear of identity. And right now, Father, for every house that needs a new beginning, for every son and daughter that needs a new beginning, for every business that needs a new beginning, for every minister that is stuck and needs a new beginning, Father, I pray grace would release a new beginning over this time of seeking you and that the new thing would spring forth, that the fresh thing would spring forth. And I just feel by the Spirit, the Lord is saying the new thing is not going to look like the old thing. God's not just going to replace what you forfeited. God has an upgrade in mind for you. Jesus. What God has is not just fre a fresh copy of what you experienced before, but a fresh measure of what you have never seen or experienced before. And religion told you because you screwed up, the best thing you could hope for is maintenance. And I hear the Lord saying, ridiculous, scandalous grace is about to be poured over your house. And not only is he going to restore what you hey. lost, but he's going to give you a sevenfold hey. measure scandalous of what you grace. lost. And it's going to be better than it ever was to begin with. Hallelujah. That's the kind of new beginning he's releasing. If you need that in your life, would you just raise your hands right now? I feel it moving through the atmosphere I felt that word be like a fire moving through this atmosphere and all you got to do is grab it and receive it over your life Hallelujah. father a sevenfold return a remaking that is bigger and better than what it was before in we Jesus name praise, Lord we give you praise grace for new beginning a fresh season 
and I just hear the Lord saying the fast for the next three days will release a redo for the next three months that the Lord is going to release a new beginning it will take three months for the fullness of what he is about to release to unfold in your life it will begin now says the Lord the new thing begins now says the Lord and it will come in a three month cycle the Lord is going to bless every aspect of your life you are praying for restoration in one area and the Lord said I'm gonna start in that area but I'm not gonna start until every aspect of your life has been touched by restoration and over the next three months like a cycle and like a wave he will touch every area of your life from your work to your finances to your children to your marriage the Lord said I'm gonna do a new thing and I won't leave one area of your life out in the name of Jesus I release that just receive it we give you praise Lord we give you praise just receive it hallelujah hallelujah Jesus we give you thanks for your word Lord and I just have this word of knowledge stirring in my spirit the Lord just took me to the story of Saul and for three days he was blind in the natural and the Lord opened his sight in the spirit and he had to have a new name after that and I don't know who this is for but the Lord is about to give a new beginning for a reputation that if you will pursue him in obedience to his call that three days of natural blindness is about to unlock the original identity he always had in mind for you and you're going to need a new name in the spirit when this is done and the reputation you thought you could never outlive God's about to turn it around in a three day cycle and he's going to give you vision in the spirit hallelujah hallelujah give you praise God in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, God. Can we just seal on that word? I just got to breathe for a moment. I'm feeling this. Oh, let the word penetrate right now, Father. Let it set it into motion. I feel like the words I just spoke were words that set things in motion. It just set something in motion in the name of Jesus. Something just started moving at the word of the Lord. It just started turning over your life at the word of the Lord. And if you'll just perceive it in the spirit, you're going to see it in the natural. If you'll just perceive a shifting and a moving over your life, this is the kind of word that produces a swirl, a spiritual swirl over your life. Jesus. Let it be so now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And I just prophesy corporately. I thank you, Father, that right now, you're moving individually. But Lord, we just agree together right now for the body of Christ in this city and this nation. Lord, we need a new beginning and we need a fresh outpouring. Yes. Lord, we're not gonna look at the rubble of yesterday, but I declare over the bride of Christ that the best days of the church are not behind us, that the shaking has only made room for original design and original intent, that the season of blindness and the season of cluelessness was to teach us not to lean on our own understanding 
position and those who have surrendered their heart to you will never again walk in a season of spiritual blindness and a lack of understanding but I declare a new season is coming to the church in the name of Jesus a season of wisdom and revelation and perception Jesus and I pray father for the release of a new beginning over the bride of Christ a release of new identity over the church a new wave of faith, a new wave of an outpouring of your spirit fresh. Help us shake off the residue of the old thing and make way for the summer of new beginnings. I prophesied in the name of Jesus. I hear the Lord saying it will be a summer of new beginnings for my church. A summer of new beginnings. I hear the Lord saying there are hidden surprises that heaven has planned for the bride. And we shall see them unfold. The Lord said, keep your spiritual eyes open and you will see them unfold. I declare a release of new beginnings. Can you just pray that with me right now? Pray it in the spirit. The body of Christ needs life. The body of Christ Jesus, needs hope. Right now, the leaders God, in the church a need a new beginning. Can you just pray right now? Release and let it spring forth. Let it spring up out of the ground like a fresh spring of water. Thank you, Lord. It is yes and amen, not maybe, and we will see. It is yes and amen. Father, we say, we say yes and amen to your promises. Father, we thank you that we're coming into a season where the reaper will overtake the sower. Father, we're thanking you right now that in this day and hour, the Spirit of the Lord will be poured out on our sons and our daughters. In the last day, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, saith the Lord, saith the Lord. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And we say yes, do it, God. We say yes and amen to your promises, O Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. If you can receive it, just tell him that. Open your mouth. It's the venue for the word. It's the, it's the venue to the heart. Just say, we receive it, Father. Let it be so. Yes and amen in the Wallace house. Yeah. Let that word be activated on good soil in the Wallace house. And let it spring forth and bear fruit in this house. Jesus. In Jesus' name, we honor your word. We have one more assignment tonight and then whatever the Lord wants to do. And it's what I want to make an additional target over these three days of fasting and prayer and something that I just could not get past for tonight. So if you can give me 10 more minutes, can you do it? We're going to pray. I brought a Genesis up here tonight, not because I'm short on childcare. I probably have 50 people who would hold her right now. Jesus. I'm just one of those moms. I wanted her up here and I brought her up here because we want to talk about her. And I want to talk about a specific assignment this house has that we cannot get off the tower and lose interest or focus in praying and we will not surrender ground to the enemy. So I wanna briefly just tell the story of how we ended up where we are 
in the month of ER, which is the month of new beginnings, with a new Wallace child named Genesis, which is the new beginning. Partly because it's such a powerful testimony, but secondly, because it is a key. And the Lord has set us up in this house up for a key for our assignment in this city. It was probably last October or November, I started losing a lot of sleep again and just feeling a very heavy burden from the Lord, as I often do, for just what we do in this house. So many things that we try to exemplify the kingdom in this house for, especially in the realm of social injustice. And I've always carried a heart for young women who have been victims of human trafficking or sexual violence. But this burden, it took on a fresh weight in October or November. And it was such a weight, it was as if everything I had ever done before didn't matter anymore. Because like Chris Estrada said this morning, it felt like only practice for what was coming. Every time in the spirit you reach a coasting gear, beware. And I had to surrender and say, yes, Lord. And he began to download what you're going to hear play out in this house, but a specific target and burden for young women in this world who are pregnant or have small children. And we've always ministered to those girls, but I'm talking like turning the light on, putting a megaphone out there, crazy things like billboards and hotlines and my brain was just going crazy and I didn't really understand why but I knew the, the mother heart in me the spirit of the Lord can get a hold of that and I just was so burdened for these girls and so met with the trustees and been putting a plan together and talked to Kevin and was so excited about unveiling some of these things and right in the middle of that this was November October skip forward to the end of February I was with my seniors at a Mexican restaurant when my cell phone rang and it was a member of our church that would never normally call me. Actually, I don't think we've ever spoken on the phone before. And I knew I needed to take the call and she just happens to work for a lawyer's office and they had a client that had come in that day for help, but their lawyer doesn't do that type of help. And she said, well, I, I know someone who does. My pastor's wife It's good. Just, we'll get her out. This is how it is at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Y'all can handle this, right? And she said, Pastor Devin, I, I, I just didn't know who to call. And I thought the Lord spoke you to me. I had a grandmother call today. And her granddaughter is in trouble. Can you help? Can you call her? And so I pulled over on the side of the road and I got the grandmother's number and I called. And it just so happens it was a 14 then, now 15 year old young lady who had found herself in a really difficult situation and was the profile of anything I've ever helped before. And so as in speaking to the grandmother, I offered services. You know, we have so many connections. We've built this network of services in our city. And my question was, what can we do to help? How can we start first? A meeting, counseling, she medical care. And the grandmother said, we, we really only have one request. 
We just need somebody to take this baby. And I mean, I'm on the side of the interstate somewhere in East Ridge, and I felt like I couldn't breathe because for almost a year now, a year in July, Kevin and I had very seriously prayed about adoption. Judah's had dreams for like five years, and our family has desired that, but there had to be alignment in the house and the grace of the Lord. And we were in a revival uh, that Kevin was preaching in Florida, and the pastors there just happened to have adopted a child and they happened to have started a really awesome organization called Zoe's House, which is an adoption agency, a faith-based adoption agency. And we found ourselves at a table hearing this story, knowing the Lord was speaking to us, just totally set us up. And then the pastor preached a sermon about the, the scripture in the Bible that says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And it actually reads, the fool has said in his heart, no God. And through some tears and prayer, the Lord asked us, how long will you say no to adoption? This was last July. So I knew in that phone call, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna get emotional. I guess I'm hearing her cry. It's like word of the Lord in reality. So in July, we said, yes, Lord, we don't really know how. And this might be where a lot of you are. Okay, I'm willing to adopt, now what? We're not the best advice for that because we don't know. God said, move and you're gonna adopt. And that's all we need to do. And so when this phone call came, I knew it was the Lord. So without thinking, and unfortunately without even calling Kevin, because he had already given his yes in July, I said, yes, I will take the baby. Actually, it sounded like this. I am willing to adopt, but we also have a book of many other families and we want you to sit down and look and we will help. To which the young lady said, I'm not looking at no book. I think you're supposed to take the baby. And so within 24 hours, we were in Stephen Curley's office and checking on this little precious one. And at that point we found out we only had about four and a half to five weeks to prepare. <laughs> we hadn't. <laughs> listen, come in here. Listen to me. Weeks. We had not done our home study or any of those things that you should probably do if you're thinking about it, but we got it done. And we had to keep it on the down low. We didn't know what would happen. In all honesty, if anyone's ever experienced adoption, there's even a level of fear and uncertainty. So much can happen. And I sat down with the hero of a birth mother that this little girl has. And I said, why are you here? Because you don't have to be. You know, you could have taken care of this and no one would have ever known because that's what law says. This sweet little birth mom could not go get her ears pierced at Claire's without her mother's permission, but could have terminated this pregnancy without anyone. Without, that's, that's the law. Without one class of education or without one adult she could have. And I said, why are you here? And she said, well, I thought about abortion, but I was smart enough to watch one. And she said, after watching it, I decided I didn't have the guts to do that to my baby. And so here we were. And so she chose life and she chose adoption. And we walked through that process. And there's so, so much God's story to this. But I realized at that moment, what I had heard back in October and November for us to do on a citywide level, maybe a national level, I'm gonna believe crazy things. 
the Lord allowed us to walk through personally, Kevin and I in this house. This is called rescue. This is called rescue. Also, so strange in the, the, the couple weeks of us finalizing things and the baby being born, we also caught word of something that I'm just gonna say in here tonight and I'm not on social media, so if you say something ugly, I won't know it anyways. But this young lady actually ended up at a place called Choices, which is attached to the place that you should be no stranger to if you've attended this church, the National Memorial to the Unborn. And I'm about to shout the story far and wide all over again in this city. And I'm gonna even tell some of you over the next three days, that might be a worthy place to go and pray. It's open all the time. The National Memorial to the Unborn. It was an abortion clinic that existed in this city in the 1970s. I believe it was opened in 1978. Over 35,000 babies in this city were aborted at that place. And it wasn't until much later and very recent in my life, I discovered I would have been one of those babies that was one of those rocks in that place. And we've invested in that place as a church. We've gone there and prayed. And to think that I hold a child that is the result of the ministry of that place is almost more than I can comprehend. But at that place, abortions took place for many years. But there was this remnant in the city, the body of Christ. It consisted of church leaders, Christian businessmen and women, and the spearhead of that movement was the very man who did the paperwork for this adoption. And they decided that just because abortion was legal didn't mean it had to be in our city. And they decided through prayer and fasting that Chattanooga was a city set upon a hill. And within the city limits of this city, abortion was not going to take place. They didn't try to end abortion in America, although they probably could have. They just focused on this region. And two years of fasting and prayer and unbelievable stories that I hope to unfold over the coming days and months, miracle after miracle, that abortion clinic came up for lease. In a 48-hour period, a group of Christians outbid the abortion doctor and apprehended the facility. When they bought it, their first question was, Lord, now what? And this is what I want to shout far and wide, and I'm not really concerned about the reaction, for it is the word of the Lord. The Lord said, do not leave one brick upon another of this facility. They had thought maybe remodel it or make it like a museum, and the Lord said, destroy it down to the foundation, and do not leave one brick upon another. And so they did. They tore it down. And if you go there now, the empty square is the foundation of the abortion clinic. And they filled the foundation with 35,000 rocks that are now memorial stones for every little life that was killed before the church had time to intervene. And I want you to know from the destruction of that abortion clinic until right now when this is being recorded, there has never been another abortion clinic in the city of Chattanooga. They constructed behind that facility what is called the National Memorial to the Unborn. And we say it, but you're gonna hear me say it again and you're gonna get tired of it and that's okay. I am gonna use my voice for the ministry taking place at that facility. 
It's a crisis pregnancy center where anybody can walk in and receive help, receive strollers, receive diapers, receive counseling for pregnancy. And it's also a place where any person under the sound of my voice who has had an abortion can go for, for free counseling and therapy. And there's a memorial service at the end and they get to put a memorial stone on the wall to give honor to the life that was lost. And if you go visit in the next three days, you will read messages on a wall that will make you despise the medical procedure of abortion as much as I do. Not because somebody told me it was a sin in, the, in Scripture, because of the testimony of the victims of abortion. Don't listen to me because I'm a preacher who embraces holiness and loves life. Why don't you listen to the stories of the women who have had abortions? That has been the fuel behind my fire. Because the cry for women's rights have actually victimized and wounded women more than any other lie I believe women have bought in this nation. And you read their messages and we've wept and we've prayed there. And we have shouted from the rooftops about the glory zone Chattanooga can be because of the stand it has taken. And it has been a model even to Nashville. And you may not know this, but Nashville actually just approved for a national memorial to the unborn to be erected in Nashville. Praise God. But the same week this child came into our house, we were informed that there is a group that is designed to rebuild those bricks upon one another in our city and to reopen an abortion clinic in Chattanooga. And you may say, Pastor Devin, this is not the right platform to talk about it. Oh, yes, it is. Because if it took the church to stop it in the beginning, it's going to take the unified body of Christ to prevent in the end. Now, it's not alarming. This has happened at least three other times in the history of the National Memorial to the Unborn. But this time we face a different situation. One that grieves my heart to address, but one that I will address without hesitation. And I fear the body of Christ in our city is divided on our perspective and divided on our ideology of life. And even some in the church are embracing the welcoming of Planned Parenthood to Chattanooga. Now, you don't have to agree with me and attend this church and every sermon's not gonna be on it, but you're at a prayer meeting and I'm holding a child that could have been a victim on the altar of abortion as a testimony that she is alive and well with prophetic destiny resting in her life. And there are other choices. Abortion is one choice, and it's, but it's not the only choice. And I am committed to producing real choice for godly women and men in our society that let them know there are other choices that don't leave gaping wounds in your body and in your heart the rest of your life. Because an abortion may remove a child from your womb, but it will never take them out of your heart and your mind. 
And you may walk into a Planned Parenthood and get a temporary solution to your crisis, but when you walk out of there, they will never follow up with you about the eternal wound that you carry in your heart five and 10 and 15 and 20 years later. And let me tell you something, this house will not only be a megaphone for life, but I declare we will have the gift of healing for women who have had abortions. This will not be a house where they walk around in shame. I declare this will be a place where they run for hope and healing because there is life beyond that. And I Thank dare you. say if I even ask tonight or on a Sunday morning at Redemption to the Nation's Church, the amount of daughters in our house that have walked through teen crisis pregnancy, right. we have an army yeah. in our own house that can say abortion is not the only option. Yeah. So why am I saying this? Because if you don't agree with me, I love you and you don't have to do this the next three days. But I will not sit by and twiddle my thumbs and watch the enemy try to undo something that the bride of Christ did in this city. I recognize that you can drive out of Chattanooga and get an abortion. And I shall pray that we target every city in our region and in our state. And we're going to move to Knoxville. We're going to keep moving. But I'm here to tell you. We will not lose ground in the city of Chattanooga. And what the Lord established in the spirit, I declare man cannot undo. Amen. And this is going to be really heavy, but I'm going to say it. And I say it with compassion for anybody who may watch it. I was travailing one night over this, mm. saying, Lord, I have confidence that the church can do this. But I'm asking you, what do I do if the church is the one welcoming this? What do I do, Lord? I asked him, Father, does one church have the authority over a city? Can we call up those prayers? I'm just seeking the Lord. And I'm praying and I'm crying out. And the Lord said, Devin, your prayers need to be targeted to those who are planning to do this. He said, you need to cry out for those who put their hands upon those bricks in the spirit and try to reverse what I have done. And he immediately took me to Joshua chapter 6. Because when the city of Jericho fell, and when the walls of Jericho, they literally imploded into the ground. There was not one brick upon another. Joshua said these words, curse be the man who rebuilds Jericho be the man that rebuilds, rebuilds Jericho. Jericho because God did a sovereign act at the city of Jericho that was not just for that generation but he wanted the rubble to testify generation after generation about the sovereign act that Lord the Lord did let me tell you something I'm not going to bed at night fearful of what Planned Parenthood might do I'm going to bed oh, burdened Shana. about the leaders in this city Baba that Shana. just might get their hands dirty in a brick building contest they were not called to do let me just declare it over Chattanooga the sovereign hand of the Lord the shut the door on the abortion clinic in the 1980s and I declare every generation should go and stand upon the rubble of what the Lord did for the church in Chattanooga and if you'll just lock faith with me I agree right now and I declare the church shuts the gate to plan the church shuts the gate. We shut the gate. We shut the gate. And we say no, that those bricks will not 
will put their reputation on the altar. They'll put their reputation on the altar for the sake of the children. in this city, not just one church, the church, the remnant body of Christ. May she rise up unified in the name of Jesus. We declare every breach in the wall will be repaired and that the enemy will not find a foothold within the body of Christ. Will not find a foothold within the body of Christ. We break a spirit of deception. We break a spirit of deception that has infiltrated the body of Christ and we declare that truth will shred the spirit of deception hey hey now we're going to pray really targeted prayers stay in those groups because we're going to, just like the sermon this morning, it was speaking to my heart. The Lord will sabotage the enemy's plans before he gets to them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And right now, step one for Planned Parenthood is the swaying of public opinion in Chattanooga. That's their So right now, we're going to, first of all, let me give some instruction before we pray. If you have a platform of influence, and every one of you do, you better use it to sway public opinion for the Word of God. You can help me make the story of the national to the unborn famous. You can produce hope and life wherever you are. But we're not going to just stop with our platforms of influence. Right now, we're going, to in, we're going to intercede and pray. Pray that every player in this city of influence, that they'll have divine visitation from the Lord and that the Lord will arrest their heart, whether it's by a personal encounter, a story or a testimony or your social media post. Right now, let's go after the influencers. I don't even care if they're Christian influencers. God can, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he can use pagan kings to bring blessing for God's people. So right now, join hands and start praying that public opinion will be swayed for life. Public opinion in Chattanooga will be swayed for life. And that every door of influence that has been plotted and that has been used as strategy will be sabotaged in the name of Jesus. And that a megaphone for life will be heard over the city of Chattanooga. Now you pray it. You pray it. Lift your voice and pray it. Turn the 
the hearts of influencers. Turn the hearts of leaders. Turn the hearts of influencers. Turn the hearts of leaders to life. In the name of Jesus. I'm just going to go here. What causes influencers in the church and influencers in the city to buy a lie is the root of deception on which it is based. I'm just going to expose a couple lies right now that I'm just sick and tired of hearing. Number one, the lie that the church cannot pray and legislate righteousness. Let me tell you something. We're not passing laws to fast. We're not passing Sharia law that tells you you got to go to church on Sunday morning. My children, they break the law if they drive before they're 16 because they're endangering someone else's life. You, sir, if you go out and get drunk tonight and you are caught driving drunk, you'll go to jail because a drunk driver influences someone else's life. You, ma'am, if you want to go take a gun and blow someone's head off, you'll go to jail because you don't have the right to have a behavior that hurts someone else's life. But we don't call that legislating righteousness. It's a lie. That's so good. Laws for life are not about righteousness. You don't even have to be a Christian to know you're not supposed to kill your children. And this is what's crazy in our nation. We make it illegal for you to even commit suicide and hurt yourself. But we are giving 12, 13, 14, and 15-year-olds a license to kill a life. So I'm just going to break the lie and in case you're buying the lie abortion laws are not laws of righteousness they are laws that protect life and you don't even have to be a Christian to follow them and legislating righteousness is legislating faith and the practices of faith but this is just common sense that life in the womb matters that every baby matters and there are other solutions to crisis pregnancy other than church that lie has muzzled more pastors and secondly the next lie you're going to hear is that Planned Parenthood provides wonderful services for women and they do but can I tell you a secret those services already exist for free in our city there are many locations women can get services for their body that don't include abortion so we are thankful that Planned Parenthood also provides services to women. But don't you buy the lie that the gate must be open to them because they are the only service that provides free services to women. That is the poison they put so that you overlook abortion. And this lie right here has caused more believers to turn their face away from the injustice and turn toward what they are calling the rights of women. But I'm here to tell you there are places in this city you can find them. And if you don't find those places, this church will provide them because we we're serious. We don't open the gate of death for our children in the name of women's rights. And for all my feminist friends who may watch this or in this room, if you would just sit down for me and interview 15 women who have had an abortion before you get on your social media and call in women's rights, you will realize you are victimizing women. You are victimizing women by feeding 
So don't buy the lie of women's rights because this is really women's bondage. And most of you that are screaming abortion have never walked a woman through recovery. My God. But in this house we have. And the greatest roar that will be heard in this city will not be the women who have not had an abortion. In fact, that's what we're about to pray right now. Can we pray for the courage for women who have had abortions in their past that the shame and the guilt will be removed and that their voice will become a mighty weapon in the hand of the Lord to expose the lie and testify of truth. Right now, can you just join hands and pray for a massive wave of healing and restoration over daughters who have had abortion and that their voice will be heard in the church and their voice will be heard in this city and their voice will be heard in the nation father we unmuzzle them we unmuzzle them we break off shame and we declare their voice will be heard their story matters their testimony matters can we just pray for healing right now just pray if you know someone who's had an abortion pray if you don't pray because you don't know who goes to this church that's still in need of healing and we pray for a healing wave to come upon the women Devin. who have been victimized Devin. by abortion Devin. She's going to stand in for every woman. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. The lion of the tribe of Judah is going to roar through this daughter, and a wave of healing is going to hit this church as she receives healing and courage. I declare every woman a redemption to the nation's church that has been victimized by abortion. I declare as they come through these doors, chains are breaking off, and freedom is coming. I declare a Jesus, I need some women to gather around here. Come up here, Lindsay. Come up here, Jessica Mundy. There's something supernatural that's going to happen over her and happen over this house. If there's any other women who need prayer, the altars are open for you. The altars are open for you. Let a wave of healing come out of this house. God, give us programs and strategies for healing. Let ministry and fruit spring forth from this house. Lord, let us not just pray it, but give us strategy to do it in this house. Let it spring forth in this house in Jesus' name. she's receiving prayer we're going to pray for interception and intervention we worship we'll never be able to tell it all i just want you to know since the day we begin to tell the story of genesis there have already been lives saved from women who just needed to hear that it was possible they just needed to hear it was okay they just needed to see an example of life that could come. They just needed faith. And every time we tell the story, someone else is saved, is rescued. 
So right now, we're going to pray for intervention, that your social media becomes a rescuing agency, that your words of life, that God will just put you right in the pathway. I cannot tell you how many pregnant young people have come across my path since Genesis. If you're willing to speak life, God will bring them to you. So right now, let's just pray. If you have to get on your knees, if you want to lock hands in a circle, I'm not praying abstractly right now. I believe that as we pray, abortion plans will be sabotaged. As we pray, there is some pregnant teenager in our city. As you pray in the spirit, you are praying for her. God may give you her name. You may be going to encounter someone this week. And right now, God is preparing your heart. Right now, pray real life intervention. Focus on one child. Focus on one pregnant teenager and say, Lord, let there be intervention. Let there be intervention. In Jesus' name, cry out. Intervention, intervention, interception. I'm going to say this as they pray. I know we got to move on. Strategy number two, infiltrate the school system. That's what they want. If that don't make you angry. Yes, church. When we abandon our school systems, the enemy surely will inhabit them. And strategy number two is not to go to the adults. Strategy two is to go to your sons and daughters. Strategy two is to go to the teenagers in our city and sway their opinion for Planned Parenthood and give them tools of where to turn should they be pregnant. Yeah. That makes me mad and it makes me sad all at the same time. It makes me mad because they ought not have right to indoctrinate your children, but they will be given access. And number two, it makes me sad that the church doesn't already have a program for crisis intervention in pregnancy in our schools. So we're gonna pray that the doors of influence close. And more specifically, we're about to pray a crazy prayer and I don't know how it's gonna manifest. I already have ideas in my head. We're gonna ask for our schools and we ought to have pregnancy crisis intervention teaching in our schools that lays out all choices equally. Pastor Devin, did you say all choices? I'm not afraid to talk about abortion because if you lay it out factually with other choices, most 12-year-olds will figure out what 40-year-olds cannot. Jesus. Some of you don't like what I'm saying, but that's what I'm willing to do. I want our children to have truth. They deserve truth. They deserve facts that are not skewed. They need to see the whole picture. And we're going to cry out and say, Lord, if you give us strategy and if you open the door, we are here to do it. If you raise somebody else up, we'll support them. But right now, we're going to cry out for every school system in this county that words of life will be spoken. Young people get in circles. You need to call out your school. If you go to our school, I promise you're not coming there, but you can call out other schools in our county. Parents get together. Right now, we're going to sabotage the plans of the enemy, and we're going to pray an infiltration of truth in our school systems. This is what I prayed. I said, God, let me get to every pregnant 
teenager first. Lord, give me a way. Give me billboards. Give me a hotline. Give me whatever you can. Just let me get to the pregnant teenagers first. Give us first shot, Father. Open the doors of influence. Let them come into our pathway. Father, I pray Planned Parenthood would be out of business before she could ever open because the church gets to the pregnant teenagers first. Would you pray that right now? Pray it right now in Jesus' name. Cover our school systems. Do it, Jesus. Move on the hearts of teachers. Move on the hearts of principals. Move on the hearts of other students. Just speak truth. Just speak truth. Wow. Wow. Jesus. I just felt like the Lord whispered to me, it doesn't have to be a school assembly. It can be, but our schools are full of enough spirit-filled teachers and students. We just need to pray that their voice will get louder, that their eyes will be discerning, and that they will be agents of truth. Right now, pray for a rising up of the body of Christ within the public school system. Right now, would you pray for the rising up of the body of Christ in the public school system, in leadership, as educators, as coaches, and as students? Raise up agents of truth. They cannot keep truth out of the public school system as long as godly sons and daughters are in the public school system. Right now we pray for a rising up of truth. In the name of Jesus. Deb, I, f I feel two things. I feel two things. Lord, we thank you for the removing of shame for any sweet young lady or older lady who's had an abortion. And I pray they would become the strongest advocates for life in this land. May the church cease in her shaming and may she, may she apply healing balm to the hearts of women who are so hurting and broken. And the second thing I hear is the Lord just said these words to me and I, I, it'll take me some time to figure it all. You can take her. She's having a nice time with me though. The Lord said pray for the depoliticization of abortion. I get righteously angry when I think of how wonderful the scheme of Satan has been so far to politicize this issue. And now it's a left issue and a right issue rather than a kingdom issue. I want y'all to know this about her. I want y'all to know that the enemy is doing his best to divide our nation in groups and in tribes because if you divide, if a house divided cannot stand. Everybody thinks Abraham Lincoln said that. Abraham Lincoln quoted the Bible. Mark chapter three, a house divided against itself cannot stand. I think most all of you know my heart and my, I feel like my assignment since I was 
15 years old the day the Lord called me to preach, one of the things I feel so strongly to has been the healing of the races. The last year of my life, actually the last two or three years, it has felt like an unwinnable battle. Because of how this argument has been presented. It's been politicized. And now if you endear yourself to a culture of life, you're somehow right. And if you don't, you're somehow left. And we have to pray that breaks. Because the church can't come together if it doesn't break. And I want to say this, we're going to see the races healed in America. I believe that. I believe that. I believe God showed it to me many years ago. And I believe this issue that we're talking about tonight, we're going in just a minute. I'm sorry we've been so long tonight, but this issue we're talking about tonight is the issue. We are, we are not just fighting a race issue in America. We're fighting a life issue in the womb and in the streets. Till the church believes for life in both the womb all the way to the tomb, she has no prophetic voice. And Genesis, people say, they come today to lunch, oh, she's gorgeous, what ethnicity is she? I said she comes from a sweet Caucasian mama and an African-American daddy. Some people call her mixed, I call her a miracle. A perfect blend. And I want to say this to everyone. What God is going to do in this nation in this season, it's gonna take some tears instead of fighting, some tenderness, some love and forgiveness. It's not weakness. I'm more resolute today than I've ever been that we're going to see abortion dealt with in this nation and that the scales will flip in the balance of life. I want us to see a valuing of life in the womb, in the streets, red, yellow, black, and white, rich and poor, And I want this demonic spirit and stronghold that has exercised its power to divide in ways, the body of Christ in ways that it it is so strategic. I want us to pray for that to be broken. And I'm going to say this in love and we're going to pray. I refuse to be called racist because I want to see abortion ended in America. I'm fighting for her life and for the life of every other African-American child, Caucasian child, Hispanic child. We're fighting for life, not against life. So with tears I come before you, Abba, 
asking you for a breakthrough here. Give us strategies. I believe we are praying in harmony with your will to see this come to an end in America. Give us strategies of reconciliation, strategies to see the depoliticization of abortion. I am asking you to raise up leaders in the Democratic Party who will take life back. I know this is crazy, y'all. But I'm praying for God to raise up leaders who will fight for life in the Democratic Party. Democratic people are not evil. Republicans are not just super righteous. We need to get rid of that. We need to look through a kingdom lens and not a political lens. So tonight, God, I'm praying across the board in Washington, D.C., on both sides of the aisle, I am praying you will raise up courageous people who fight for life. And I am praying that we will fight for life in wombs, in hospitals, in the streets, in our schools. I pray, Father, that a value of life would be restored, and may it begin in the church. May it begin with ministers and preachers. May it begin with prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. May we stop conveniently accommodating our political sides and ignoring scriptural values, and may we have a prophetic voice to change this nation from both sides of the aisle. May the people of God and born-again Christians everywhere, may they see and operate with balanced scales. May justice prevail in this nation. May the courts of America align with the courts of heaven. I pray for healing, God. True healing, not churchy healing. I hear the Spirit of God saying to me that style will no longer connect you to your favorite kind of church is not what's going to connect you. People are going to begin to value life and see righteous hunger as the thing that will connect us. Unity will never happen until we come to the foot of the cross and decide to be unified in Christ, not in our political genres or our political parties. We're going to be united in the place of the truth of God's word. Say amen, somebody. So God, we come into agreement now that the word, the gospel, will be what we operate according by and to, and I pray you will silence and muzzle every voice even in the church that is not declaring righteous truth, kingdom principles from the word of God. I'm asking you, Lord, for healing in this nation. And you're going to show us how to heal the shamed and those who are brokenhearted from decisions they made in their past. And you're going to show us, Lord, how to intercept the plans of the enemy in the future. And you're going to show us how to, and I heard the Lord say this a moment ago, filthy lucre. Filthy lucre will not be welcome in this city. What is filthy lucre? It is, it is the gaining of money by unrighteous ways. It is the gaining of money by unrighteous ways. And from this city all the way to Washington, I pray against avarice and the spirit of lucre, filthy lucre, mammon, people killing things and people for money. Lord, expose it and bury it in the name of Jesus. Let life be valued again in Jesus' name.
I want to end by saying this for anybody who hears later or watches now. We are asking, I am asking the Lord for this house to be a lighthouse and a beacon in this area even more than we are. And if you are with child, you're pregnant, and you are in a place of crisis and uncertainty, this house welcomes you and will help you find strategy. And if you're a family in here, maybe you were a pregnant teenager at one time. There's about to be ministry opened for you to help walk another pregnant teenager through the journey you went through. There's support here. Or whether you're a family who's willing to adopt, you just go ahead and get your home study. I'm telling you, God is going to let this be a house of solution. And I want us all to be in our lane, whether it's prayer, support, giving, adopting, or just walking a teenage mom through how to keep her baby. Not every abortion choice against, abor choice against abortion ends in adoption. Some women just need help keeping their baby. And I want this place to be that type of support. So over the next three days, ask the Lord, what role do you play? What role can your family play? Because the harvest is coming, and we want to be ready. So I'll end with that. Kev, you close Father, up. seal everything done tonight. It's been so broad and yet beautiful. It's been deep and profound. And I believe things have been decreed, declared, prayed in faith in this room that will affect generations. I'm asking you tonight, Abba, to give us strategies and solutions, not just the ability to identify problems, but the ability to solve the problem. May this house erect buildings, launch ministries, employ strategies for the young ladies in this city who are hopeless and need help. I thank you tonight, Father, for Genesis. I thank you for her mother that decided to be brave and have a baby. I ask you to bless her days. I pray Devin and I, even our children and even our church family, we would be good stewards of these precious babies. I pray, Lord, that we would provide ways for these moms to have hope. I just thank you, Lord, that you adopted me when I was not part of your family. And may the Holy Spirit bring that adoption into this house. Not just spiritually, but even naturally. May we be a house of adoption. I thank you that you've been stirring some moms and dads to this. You've been messing with some people who keep filling you, Lord, and I just, just in your time, you're going to work it out. I just speak peace on the people of God tonight. I think your angels are watching over our city tonight. And your covenant of peace you'll keep with this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. Prayer in the morning. I'll be up at 7 a.m. If you don't get up with me, I pray the fleas of a thousand camels or crawl up your leg prayer Tuesday at noon and uh, here in person in the house and then every morning at 7 a.m. I'll pray tomorrow a different pastor will pray Tuesday and Wednesday and then 
Tuesday at noon right here. And then Wednesday night, don't miss Wednesday night. It's going to be a culmination night. We're going to believe God to touch lives. I love you all so much. Thank you for being here tonight.